HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. World Central Kitchen is serving thousands of fresh meals to Ukrainian families fleeing home, as well as people remaining in the country. This week on Let's Talk About Food, host Louisa Kasdan spoke with Henry Patterson about his upcoming relief trip. So you're going to Poland, and I think you told me you're going to be there for at least two weeks. I'm going to Poland to help feed Ukrainian refugees. With Jose Andreas's World Central Kitchen, I decided that's what I wanted to do for my 70th birthday. I leave in just a few days. We all see that what the Russians are doing is contemptible. As a food person, we all love to help. It's in our DNA. And here are people who really need our help. So if you want to help the Ukrainian refugees, either with money or even your hands and heart, find hashtag Chefs for Ukraine and World Central Kitchen. We have to do something. We can help. Remember, hashtag Chefs for Ukraine. Welcome to HRN on Tour at South by Southwest 2022. I am Christine Sykes-Lowe, and today I am joined with Mackenzie Wade and Javon Lattimore. They are co-organizers of the Future of Food at South by Southwest. Hello. Welcome. Thank you for having us. We're excited to be here. Absolutely. Um, so I've my mind has been sort of blown. You know, South by Southwest is is just a massive button scale of all the different things, the panels you can attend, the events you can take place, and the music you can see. I mean, it just goes on and on. Um, and the future of food um, seemed no different as far as the programming surrounding it. I know you had um, a kickoff um, this past Saturday, the first weekend during the technology portion of it. And uh, throughout the week, there's been some panels here and there um, associated and as well as uh, film, film screenings. Um, And then you have uh, a full day of programming coming up tomorrow. Um, So tell us about the overall concept and what you guys have been focusing on. Sure. So I think we're really bringing food to South by Southwest, and we've really centered this conversation around food sustainability, food justice. How can we change the food system to make it more equitable and sustainable for the future? And we're bringing that to South by in many different forms so people can actually taste the future by coming to our events, engaging with our chefs, and trying some of these chef-prepared meals using innovative foods like insects and mushrooms 
mushrooms. They can hear from panelists. Well, hold on, hold on a minute. Yeah. You just mentioned insects. I can't go okay. over that lightly. So there is, there was a panel um, that was basically the psychology behind insect cuisine. Um, that I mean, so it's so it's more about becoming more mainstream, basically, correct. Yeah, so Vaughn and I are actually both in the edible insect space. Vaughn prepares absolutely amazing meals using all of these different types of insects. Uh, check out her Instagram, Intune. It's phenomenal. And I'm actually a PhD student, and my research is on edible insects and the edible insect community and how they're trying to bring insects to the Euro-American public to show them this is a food not just of the future, but also a food of the past and of the present. It's a food that's been consumed consumed by 2 billion people right now and throughout all of human history. So it's a food that's really ingrained in who we are as humans, but it needs to, we need to move beyond the disgust. There's also racialization of insects as food, thinking of them as like a primitive food. It's actually not. And when you can sit down and speak to people who eat insects on a regular basis and try these amazing chef prepared meals, you see just how it can become integrated in our food system. For me, I think is overall the who, what, where, when, why, how. Who is going to eat it? Where are they going to eat it? Where are they going to get it? Uh, what are they going to eat? What are they going to eat it with? And all the above. So for the psychology part, it's there's it's a wide array of different things. It's not just bringing it to the public. I suppose you could say mm-hmm. it delves a little a little deeper, a little deeper than that. So um, it is hard, I mean, I think on the surface to get past um, the creepy crawly aspect of it. You know, I'm just going to be honest. But it's like it it is a source of protein. Um, It's been a source of nourishment, like you said, forever for folks. And I, if, if somebody is going to do a 101 insect tasting, what would you suggest starting with? Well, um, at dinners that I do, I offer everything from the powder form all the way up to the whole insect because there's people that are ready for different levels. For people that travel more, they are okay with seeing the insect as an ingredient, as the main dish, as a garnish, as a side. For the people that understand why edible insects, um, but they're not mentally prepared for it, they would go for more of the powder form. So really it's going to be, it's person dependent. So for you, because I brought up crickets earlier that I have in my back, that if you would like some, I can give you some right now to both of y'all. Um, if you're ready for it, we got one person ready. Okay, but if I'll, you're not, I'll try one, yeah. Okay, but you're, so yeah. you're mentally ready for that. Yeah. So you're capable of eating a whole cricket, but someone that was, that had the feeling of disgust, I would have them try more of a powder form um, in something like, something regular, like a cake or a cookie or cricket encrusted fried chicken per se. So it's, wow. there's a whole bunch, there's a, a lot of different things that you can integrate edible insects into. It just depends on who you're talking to and what you're doing it for. It just, it's a lot. Okay. So I'm going to do that insect where we're going to wait till maybe towards the end, <laughs> but I'm, I'm super curious and I'm going to do it. Oh, I'm going to psych myself up. So I got this. So um, the let's talk about some of the films that have been um, showcased. Um, the Last Harvest comes to mind, and that talks about the workers and the obstacles surrounding that. Can you go in any more detail? 
I think what's been great about the films is that we really wanted to show just how broad the food system is and just how many issues are also embedded in something as broad as the food system. So you also have issues of immigration and workers' rights, and you want to think about the chefs and the people in the kitchen. You want to think about the food consumers, the food producers. There's just so many people involved, so many topics involved, and I think the films were really great for bringing people together. We also showed Gather, which um, talks about more the indigenous experience. Um, so I think our films brought people together into a different conversation than the one that we were showcasing in our two main big programming events. We had the directors there of those films. Uh, we had folks from um, an indigenous community come and speak for Gather who are doing work on um, labor rights. And it's just been really fantastic to have those sorts of conversations that merge art and filmmaking and in some cases photography with these broader conversations about the food system. And um, Last Harvest and Gather, um, there were more than two, correct? Yes. Yeah. There were four films uh, and, and, and and I have to say, we just got joined by Q. Oh, yes. Q, oh, your last name? Fagan, F-A-G-A-N. It's so great to see you. Um, so you're also a co-organizer of this summit. I'm sorry, not summit. What do we call it? Uh, future of Food at South by Southwest. The Future of Food <laughs> at South by Southwest. I, um, I, I was telling... Uh, Mackenzie and Javon that just the, it's sort of mind boggling. I know what it's like to produce a culinary event and you guys have tentacles coming out of this thing. Literally. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is moving and shaking and you know, you started, you kicked it off with a, you know, a great, um, <clears throat> although I was not here yet, I heard and, and read about um, a day of programming and that this past Saturday during the tech portion. You have some inter, uh, interdispersed programming with panels and films um, throughout the week. Um, tonight, though, I know um, it's not necessarily your direct event. There is going to be a mission-driven startup event that's going to feature a lot of chefs and companies that are doing some innovative things in the space. Um, and then uh, tomorrow is a huge day. Day two. <laughs> day two. Yeah. So, so tell me about day two. What, what do you got going on? So uh, let me speak to what you just said, though, is that uh, I'm glad you brought that up because what, how we approach this is we said there's many food events, as you have, I'm sure, participated in many times, but every time I've ever gone to them, they've been very in a box. Like it's either a chef event or it's just farmers or there's a whole huge group uh, that does nothing but fermentation. So like, and we're like, well, that's silly because a chef needs to know where he's sourcing. And so then you thought, well, but even when things end up in the CPG space, you know, well, how does that work with like a Kroger, you know, and how they, how they go about sourcing to make sure that they're having proper representation and a diversity across all the food, um, the food silos that's out there. So when we approached this, we said, we want to give people an opportunity to have a one-shot opportunity to talk to many different people that connects the dots throughout the food system. And so when we did that and you sit back from it, it's like, oh, what? so this is the tentacles. <laughs> well, oh, we need chefs, or oh, we need them, or oh, we need that, you know. And so that's it, it came about very organically like that is my point. And that shows the beauty of how much 
uh, people as illustrious as they are as a Chef Zimmern and all the other people that we could probably say all the way down to just real localized vendors who are striving to get their shot and opportunity, right? Like me, make, making those dots connect is what is by far, I think, the most impactful thing of the work that we're doing. So then it empowers our tentacles. And I, and I, <laughs> I love it. it, empowers the tentacles. And I have to give props because that's not easy to align. Oh, absolutely. And, and truly, like, again, our team has to get credit for that because we were able to convince a whole bunch of different organizations with their own directives and outcomes that they strive for to say, well, if we did it together, then it'll multiply. And, uh, and it took some convincing, real talk, as I'm sure, because uh, but uh, we said, but if we get to the, we actually technically have the same outcome. And that outcome that we're striving for is the impact in the food system. And so when we got that, and it's like, so even if we get there these different ways when we're doing our everyday, at South by Southwest, we have an opportunity. And so we just decided to capitalize on that opportunity and it, I mean, in my humble opinion, it's working fabulously. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. So um, we, were, we were going down the, the route of film, and I, and I do feel like we need to mention it again because, you know, the, obviously talk about tentacles, a film crew, you know, the production process behind it, uh, the players involved. Um, they need the credit and, the, and, and they deserve the credit uh, to pay possibly people to view their films. So let's go for, through the four names again of the films that you were showcasing. Oh, I knew you were going to ask that. Uh, so uh, <laughs> let's, let's talk about the first film. Last Harvest. Uh, no, so the first film we showed was Gather. Okay, Gather. Uh, okay. And uh, what is uh, what I think is so impactful, because you asked Kenzie the question, one thing I thought about of the films, just sitting back from them, when you saw Gather, uh, is that... Uh, what's really amazing is that if you look at the problems we have in the food system, so whether you're talking about access or whether you're talking about that this pandemic has thrown us into a really new area where people who work are having food insecurity, it's actually really solvable. And like no matter which film, you know, it's like, oh, well, this is actually not so complicated we that if we just talk to each other, we can actually help the indigenous people of, of like uh, get back to the roots of what is because colonization has really impacted communities of color, like meaning like the colonization of food. Right. So those diets don't necessarily work, but guess what? We can still get them access to it so it can stop the systemic health issues that those communities have. So, uh, so that was Gather. Uh, and then the next one we had was Man in the Field. Uh, that was divine. And again, as Kenzie said, we had all the directors there. Last Harvest. And then the last one is The Ants and the Grasshopper. And so each one of those films, again, were really trying to showcase, they were curated and trying to showcase the fact that even though, you know, in, in maybe in media and at a 5,000 foot level, people are sort of informed and aware of problems. If you really get down to, well, what is the root of it? Oh, well, if we just connect this and this and that and put a little technology with it, then there you go. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we just, and we just actually have to implement it. How about that? Just start. Yeah. Start the process. You and, know? and you know what I think even more? We have to stop making it just about us. We have to reach across it. Okay, so yes, my organization, whether it's a nonprofit or for-profit, because food tech plays a huge part in it. So uh, we always say we need everybody. 
This is not just a siloed. So that's why you see the programming and the vastness of it over a week's time. Like we are like, let's give everybody a seat at the table so that in that way we can all learn. And then when we go back to our respective areas, we're that much more empowered with information to make real change. That's fantastic. So um, I want to talk about the event tomorrow. Oh, yeah. What are what are people going to uh, expect that are attending? Sure. So right out in front, we have lots of booths set up, and there are all sorts of amazing, innovative food vendors there. So we'll have pickled quail eggs. We'll have people who are doing beauty products. Um, what else do we have? So a lot of the products we have also are like, Black women-owned businesses, so uh, Moonshot Snacks from Julia Collins is going to be there. And a lot of the snacks are also foods that our, our speakers um, throughout the panels throughout the day will also be um, there representing those brands too. And so anyone who comes, it's free and open to the public, so you do not need to have any kind of South by badge. You can just show up and try out all these products, talk to the people who are doing this great innovation, and then sit down and hear from them on their panels about, um, we have like CPG panels, we have a panel from Afonka who speak about uh, the importance of of making sure products or, or people are aware of um, halal certification. So we have all kinds of different talks happening, and I think it just really gives a good, big overview of the food system and the changes that we need. And just um, uh, connecting it for people, because I think people think that we're just this kumbaya, let's just, you know, talk about food. Like, it actually, the commercialization and profitability of food is, is, is just as real as anything else that we're doing, right? And so when you think of a group like Ifanka, they're, they were giving them a platform to have a seat at the table, because when I talked to the uh, owners and visionaries last night, just that halal food space that is not uh, uh, very Americanized, if you will, is a trillion-dollar industry. That is incredible. And it's not like we should all know. So we're going like basics here, like what is halal? What does it mean? So if someone who's, whether they're, because uh, what I love is that our event is hybrid, so we're choosing to have both live stream and in person. So we're, we're seeing on Twitter, people are interacting all over the world, uh, and there's real numbers behind that. Uh, um, our, the other day we had 300,000 that listened in a lot. Like, that's incredible. People who couldn't that get That is in. incredible. That's <laughs> that amazing. was just one day. That's what I'm saying. Like, let me put some numbers behind this so that, like, people can get it is that when we're saying food, because we're connecting those dots, what's so unique is that it's all these different voices. And so people are like, oh, I've never heard someone talk about what is actually halal. And so there will be the people who are the innovators well, of that what, food what, space. So why don't, you, why don't you explain that a little bit? Oh, God, I'm not the one. Oh, God, you're putting me on the spot. <laughs> so, so I did. I did talk to them. And, and truly, like, you guys will have to tune in because I want you to hear it from the people. Uh, so I'm not putting off your – but truly, tune in at thefutureoffood.at. Uh, <laughs> but you also, since this is going to be airing um, after the fact, how can, can people listen to these after the fact? Will they be up 
and we'll we'll discuss that. In Absolutely. A okay. uh, but uh, but if you think about those groups, there is opportunity there that we're hoping people grasp on to just as well. So yes, there's the nonprofit charitable. Let's get you know people food uh, uh, because of food waste, like the Jasmine Crows that we've had of Gooder, you know. Uh, and I'm just pinpointing her, but there's many different organizations that are working on that problem. Even our main sponsor, Kroger, uh, the Zero Waste, Zero Hunger Foundation. That is one of the areas that they're attacking is that let's not waste the food. How do we get a food bank to come pick it up and just deliver it? Just And sometimes it's within five miles. Like, it's that ridiculous, if you think what, what I'm saying. And so uh, we're handling from the food waste side of it as well. So what you're going to hear tomorrow in my, which I just, so I geek out on it because it's us, but <laughs> what I'm really excited about is that you're going to hear something that you've never heard. And as we heard from our program and when it was online only last year is that all it takes is that one nugget to be something that just changes how you go about solving the issue that you and your organization solves. And that's what we want. That's a win for us. That is the biggest win we can uh, it's hope for. It's the catalyst for. that makes it go and I call it a spark. I don't yeah. know how other people describe it. A sparky it. catalyst. How about that? Yeah, that spark can <laughs> really impact real lives, real people, and real change. And we, and again, we had it uh, testimonials last year, but we're looking for this year that there will be even more testimonials because sometimes it takes time. It's not an immediacy about it, right? It's like, well, let me go and think. And if we can cause people to think, then we've done we, all the work and the tentacles and <laughs> exhaustion. <laughs> It's all worth it. <laughs> all worth it, absolutely. So um, this is not the inaugural year. You had another iteration of this before this year. So RNA started in 2019. It was the first time that Little Herds, which is the organizer of the future of food, started at South By, and we had just one booth. And I cannot tell you how much work put we put into that one booth. And it's just so funny to think now we're organizing this multi-day event and we're reaching all these people online and it's just exploded. And the names that we've brought in, it's just phenomenal. So we started with that one booth. It was an edible insect booth. And we really thought like... The, the food system is more than just edible insects. That's a central part. And we can think about all these different issues of food system through thinking through edible insects. But there's more and we need to incorporate insects into this broader conversation, which is how this idea of the future of food started. So in 2020, we were gearing up. We had it all set. We were just like pulling in names, getting stuff together. And then, of course, we all know what happened. Yeah. If I, if, if I could say, uh, Susan is here running audio with me, and we were planning to be at that 2020 South by Southwest, and that and that was um, when we knew it got real, was when they canceled. It was like, ooh, this, yeah, this is real. So I, and I think we a lot understand of us, the, yeah, the oh, process there. A lot yeah. of us sort of, at least for me, like my COVID timeline is sort of around South by because it's like a very clear marking point for when things sort of started happening. So I can't agree more. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I just want to add to that one pivotal moment to add to exactly what Kenzie said is that so 2020 was gearing up and then something very pivotal in the food space happened, which uh, sort of. Uh, um, cause RNA and all the team to say, maybe we need to evolve this to something bigger and better to where it is today, right? And what happened is that right here in Texas, as, as amazing as Texas is doing, it uh, on the front page of USA Today, they had a 
this uh, aerial shot from a helicopter of the food line at uh, a Fair Park in Dallas, and it was over two miles long. So all these middle-class people all of a sudden had this food insecurity. And y'all, I get goosebumps because it was so, like, Google it. I promise you'll get what I'm saying. It was like, how is this possible? Dallas is, like, doing so, even during the pandemic, you know, it's like, how are all these people, like, hungry? Like, how is this possible? So and, and, and for the first time in the U.S., I think people start really changing their minds about, well, food insecurity is not just a homeless or poor people thing. This is your neighbors. And so then, again, that evolved it to maybe we need to think more on this than just that it, it, uh, um, how insects can be one solution as a part of the future of food to feed people alternative proteins and whatnot. Maybe we need to think about what it means to feed people, period. And that whole life cycle, right? So that's what got it from brilliantly what Kenzie said uh, to where it started in a booth to where it is today. That's fantastic. Okay, I think that might be the segue where the crickets come out. <laughs> We're going to do it. Woo! I don't know. And to give some context to these crickets, this is another member of our team, Shelby Smith, and she runs Jim and Eat Crickets. Oh, that's great. So uh, Shelby is from Iowa, and I live in Iowa, and she's currently my local cricket farmer. So we live about 38 minutes away. I'm in Des Moines. She's in Ames. And so when I want fresh frozen crickets, I hit Shelby up. Um, and normally every Saturday I'm at the farmer's market looking for her so I can re-up on crickets or cricket powder. And, or and what bars. we're looking at, we're going to get a photo of it, but uh, Jiminy Eat Crickets is about the coolest label <laughs> logo I've ever seen. <laughs> Jiminy Eat Crickets. You should see her, just to note, because you can't see her, she is buff. She's a former football, or I'm sorry, basketball player, trampoline uh, person. Like, she is badass, so just letting you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are looking at uh, some packaged crickets. Let me see what's going on here. Okay, so my favorite is dill pickle, so oh. please feel free. Okay. And then there's maple chipotle, second favorite. Third favorite, sea okay. salt, pepper. Are you ready to do this? She has this? a whole bunch of different flavors. Which um, one do you, do you want? Do you want the chipotle or dill pickle? Wait, wait. Do you guys have allergies at all? Um, no, not okay. Perfect. Not that I'm aware of. Perfect. <laughs> so it'd be if uh, if you had any crustacean allergy, we would give you like a warning, <laughs> just because crustaceans are arthropods and insects are arthropods. Okay, so we are maple going chipotle. to eat uh, the chipotle maple chipotle. Mm -hmm. Okay. Crunchy sound. You definitely. Yeah, you got. <laughs> this is real. I'm ready? doing this. One, go. two, three. <laughs> Tastes like country crickets. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of delicious flavors. That, that was unexpected. Mm -hmm. It's crunchy and flavorful. Yes. Flavorful. So you're ready for the next step when it comes to edible insects. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's always more. Gosh. Okay. I just did that. Delicious. You know you crossed to the dark side. Dark side. Just welcome. Thanks. You're welcome. You've converted another one. Yes. You never know. <laughs> well, thank you guys for your time so much for coming. And um, I'm a big hats off as a producer. I, I commend you for all the things you have going on this week and tomorrow your big event. So 
Cheers. And um, if people want to follow uh, what's going on with you, is there something they can follow? So, of course, I'm going to point to the digital world. Yes, of course. <laughs> so uh, our uh, hashtag is Future Food SXSW. So I'll say it again slowly. Hashtag Future Food SXSW. And you'll see all the content from our brands, our partners, us, <laughs> our influencers, our ambassadors who are here. You'll see all the content that's being posted there. And then also Twitter is probably the most main platform where you can see a lot of content around what it means to engage on, with the future of food, but also our website, which is thefutureoffood.com. A-T. It's, it's, it's a brilliant, beautiful website. So <laughs> Fantastic. Well, Q, Mackenzie, Javon, thank you. This has been illuminating and tasty, unexpectedly tasty. Um, and uh, I look forward to uh, participating in the event this evening. So cheers. Brilliant. Thank you for having us. Thanks for listening to HRN's coverage of South by Southwest 2022. You can listen to all of our coverage on our podcast, HRN on Tour. Find it on heritageradionetwork.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. Are you a business owner? This spring, amplify your business and support HRN's mission by becoming a business member. HRN is dedicated to spotlighting small businesses that keep our communities vibrant. With a $500 business membership, HRN can shine a light on your work, and you can help sustain our mission to transform the way people think about food. As a thank you for this tax-deductible donation, your business will receive on-air mentions, social media posts, listings on our website, and more. You will also play an essential role in keeping nonprofit food radio on the air. Go to heritageradionetwork.org biz to become a business member today. That's heritageradionetwork.org slash B-I-Z.